0: So, welcome to Single Minded. We're here to flip the script on being single. Whether you're dating, not dating, dating yourself, or just having fun, you are welcome here. I am your host, Hannah, first, and this is my co-host, my mom Linda. Hello.
1: Hello. Good <laughs> to uh, finally get this off the ground.
0: I know. How long? <laughs> this has been a long time in the making because we were in isolation. The first dating podcast idea I had was called I So Need A Date, but I didn't think that would have much longevity. So here wow. we are. Here we are. How Hopefully many, not
1: too much longer.
0: How How many different names has this been under as well? So it's, many. Finally, we've got single-minded. Which
1: your father thinks he came up with, by the yes, way.
0: Yes, my dad thinks that he came up with single-minded. It was on
1: his list.
0: He Yeah, we did like a whole um, word association game, the whole family. So... We're here and on today's episode I am interviewing Mel Schilling and if you don't know Mel, she is one of the matchmakers on Maths, which is Married at First Sight, which is one of the biggest shows in Australia. Her and I will be chatting all about the C word. Promise
1: me you are never going on that show.
0: I'm not promising.
1: Please, please. <laughs> I would have to move countries if you do that.
0: So you wouldn't come to the wedding? Oh.
1: Well, a wedding.
0: (laughs) I think you want to secretly be famous, Linda. Don't lie. No,
1: no, no, no. I I seriously will be on a plane out of here.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, her and I were talking about the C word, which is not the C word that you think, but confidence, courage, and also we talk about compatibility. But actually one of the themes that came up in the chat with Mel was about being really upfront about your values when you first meet someone. And so I'm probably really upfront. Mum doesn't really agree with me. So mum and I... I get a chat now about the do's and don'ts of first dates. What we're talking about on this episode is about first date mishaps. And I basically want to take you through my approach to first dates and you I'm sure have a lot of constructive criticism for me. So basically I treat the first date as a way to weed out men that are not aligned. Good. Yeah. So, but I'm very, very honest on the first date. So I'm very much like if it comes up, I don't want to get married. And also usually. I don't think like that's a- <laughs>
1: true. Sorry. <laughs>
0: Why? Why don't you think that's true? I don't believe in it, Linda.
1: I just think if you met the man. Who's the man? I don't know who he is. <laughs> and if he got down on bended knee or with something in his pocket in a red box (laughs) you think that I'd like cry probably say yes
0: anyway the other thing that I always mention is that I'm not into conventional life and I want to move to Thailand
1: no absolutely not
0: <laughs> So I'm gonna you why absolutely not
1: um fine to go holiday in Thailand but seriously how could you want to live there nice you, place you for
0: know a no, you know how much I love it there I know you know but that
1: I reckon if you went there with the intention of staying for three months, you would honestly go round the twist.
0: No, I don't think so, Linda. No, I think No you're movie
1: wrong. no cinemas on that little island <laughs> you go to. What's it called again?
0: Uh, it's Had Tian in Copenhagen. Yeah. It's a very hippie place. Yeah, yeah. but I'd be dancing you'd, and talking. you'd have enough
1: ecstatic dancing that you'd just <laughs> want to get back <laughs> to a nice restaurant, a good movie. No. You, clearly
0: don't know, you don't know me at all, Linda. I know that so side I, of you. But. I, I do want to take you through my last. So sure. just before we went into lockdown, I had a first date with probably the best looking man I've ever seen in real life. He was in his 40s, early 40s, but he was so beautiful. I felt quite intimidated. Did I tell you about this date? I did, didn't I? He was He's the dad. I think
1: so. Yeah. Yeah. He was.
0: He was. He was the dad. And yep. so. So basically, we went. We went for the date. I think we had two or three wines at Fred's bar. We actually stayed until it closed. He has. He had a kid.
1: How old was the child?
0: Oh, it was like a te- early teen, early teenage. Oh, nine or ten or something. Boy or
1: girl? A girl. Yeah. Oh, you. Girl. Get on. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, because I felt he was way too settled. But anyway, we ended up, we ended up, we did come back to my place, but we only had a kiss. I did spill a drink on the floor of my, you know how clumsy I am. I've broken three glasses in the last few days. I So I smashed my glass on the floor and oh, I it was dear. just, I know. Then we went into lockdown. So I actually don't know if it went well, but I did. Did you
1: never did, hear from him again?
0: No, we went into lockdown and that was it. But I did talk about moving to Thailand. No,
1: that's a no for I, him.
0: Because <laughs> he's got I kids, would waste
1: his time?
0: I know. So that was my last first date, which I actually was like, in this situation I probably should have not been so honest. What do you think you should discuss on the first date?
1: I don't think you should be discussing um, your life plans because those can change.
0: okay. Yes.
1: So I would be asking about his interests and his favorite holiday destination and very light TV series. Okay. What, what gets you up in the morning? How often do you speak to mummy? <laughs>
0: That sounds like... An interview? Fake friend combo. It's
1: surface level. Yeah, that's right. It's first date. you got to establish whether there's a connection on any level. Yeah,
0: well, I think this is very relevant because I was going to say, what did you and Dad talk about on the first date?
1: So first dates was definitely who we knew, who because we did have people that we knew in common because he actually yes. gate crashed my 25th. Yes. And because he knew people that knew me and my friend who was having the party, I'd never come across him before. So we had those connections, a shared sort of family history of where our parents came from and, of course, that we did not eat fish and we did not eat mushrooms and that was about it. Done and dusted. But, but.
0: But you didn't get any deeper. I guess, uh, to be honest, though, I can't imagine you ever getting
1: that deep on a first oh date. Oh, my God. I didn't know what I wanted to do in a year. I mean.
0: So you're saying what you should talk about. So you should talk about lighthearted things, surface level interests. I like that you said Netflix shows because I think that's quite a deep look into someone's soul.
1: And even the other thing is I remember Dad and I went to I think it was Ben Elton, one of our first dates, and we both laughed the whole way through. And so you that- went to a
0: comedy show? Went to a
1: comedy show and realized, ah. hey, we like and we still do. We laugh at the same things. So,
0: oh, I like that yeah. as a first date. Go to a comedy show. That's it. Maybe go of-
1: see someone that you really like and hopefully they will laugh as well.
0: I am so so excited to be interviewing you, and um, I would love to start by hearing. Your story. So, I guess I saw that you, in an article, that you were single for your whole 30s before Mm. meeting your husband. And you mentioned that you'd almost given up on finding love. And that just really tugged at my heartstrings. Uh I'm single 30 something, and I'm probably feeling the same. But I would just love to hear your story. What happened and kind of what changed for you? Oh, Hannah. Yes, my
2: entire 30s single. And look, I just had my priorities. I thought really clear. And I guess in retrospect, they were clear, but they were just a little muddled. (laughs) So for me, it was all about career and travel and freedom. And look, to to be totally frank, freedom is still, it's one of my highest values. And even now, though I am in a relationship and do have a family freedom is still number 1 and fortunately I've I've hooked up with someone who is also very much the traveler and the 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 freedom fighter <laughs> so to speak so we we share that and you know when the world's not plagued by covid we we do travel a lot and you know love to live in fabulous places but back then in my 30s that was all I was focusing on and my career and building my business. And I had a number of different entrepreneurial pursuits, different companies that I was in and out of and, you know, lived in Dubai for a couple of years by myself. Gosh, can't even imagine doing that now. But back then I did, which i tell you what, you don't want to be a single girl in Dubai or any expat environment, mm-hmm. really. It's, um, it's so tough to meet anyone. And I think I just... You know, I, I was going through this phase where, because I was telling myself that my ambition and freedom and independence and career were just the top priorities to me, I think I gave off an energy and a vibe. And, you know, scientifically speaking, from a body language perspective, and those micro, um, micro expressions and, and so on that I was giving out to the world were, were really saying, back off to any men mm. and you know on the surface level I told myself oh I love dating and I'm out there you know I'm on the apps and I'm seeing different guys and I'm going for a wine with this guy and that but when I'd get on the dates I would self-sabotage within the first
0: 10 minutes mm. oh my god <laughs> it sounds like me it sounds like I'm talking <laughs> to myself Oh, my God. Oh,
2: yes. Uh, It it was an art Mm. form and I mastered it. I tell you, (laughs) my girlfriends used to say that I had F off written across my forehead, like in flashing lights to any guy who came near me. I had no idea. (laughs) I thought I was the most engaging, alluring woman, but no, Mm. I was like a scary, scary person. And do you know what? I'm five foot tall. And I had men tell me I was intimidating and I thought it was hilarious because I thought I'm this tiny woman, how could I scare you? I had no self-awareness that I was giving off this energy that just said, stay Mm. away. Yeah
0: what strikes me is that my feeling is the same on the freedom side Mm. and it's really hard to communicate that on dates like I'm probably the same in terms of I don't communicate it well I say I always Mm. say I want to move to like Southeast Asia and they're like whoa whoa I've got my whole life here right and I say that on first dates because freedom is (laughs) so important to me that I want them to know straight away but that's a Big life change that I've been thinking about for many years, I shouldn't, you know, expecting them to be on that journey with me from the first dates probably a little bit scary. Well,
2: do you know what, Hannah, I'm going to challenge you on that yeah. and say that I actually think you're doing the right thing there.
0: Because if you're,
2: if you okay. can put your hand on your heart and say freedom and travel is an absolute non-negotiable, it's a values driven belief and you know it's something that runs to your core so it would be a deal breaker Mm. so it actually makes Mm. sense to rule out any guys on that first date that are not open to travel or adventure because you're not going to have your values aligned so it might feel a bit weird but it's probably you're probably doing the right thing
0: there yeah and that's probably why in Melbourne living in the city meeting professional guys they're probably and that's what I find probably the hardest part. And I can see what you're saying, that if freedom and travel is such a big part of your life, it is, it, it's an extra hurdle, I guess. Mm. But I would love to hear about what sort of changed for you.
2: Yeah. You know, there was a turning point,
0: <laughs> as there often mm-hmm.
2: are uh, with these big life transformations. I remember I went on a date and this one was actually set up by my mum, of all people. And she's <laughs> never done this in her life, but for some reason she... She set me up with a friend of hers, son, and I kind of felt obligated. So I went along on, you know, the obligation date thinking, oh, I'll just get through this and then I'll go and see some friends. Just had to tick the box. You know, it was that kind of attitude I had walking into it. Anyway, I went in and look, he was a perfectly lovely guy, but I realized later on reflection that what I did was I, to make myself comfortable, I turned the date. Into a career coaching session. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how unsexy can you get? I started unpacking his business and giving him all this advice on what he needed to do differently. And then after we finished our coffee, promptly marched him across the road to a bookshop and pointed out several good books that he could be reading to improve his business smarts. <laughs> and this is all completely unconscious, by the way, like in the moment. I wasn't thinking, oh, no, I'm stuffing this date up. I wasn't thinking, oh, I'm not coming across as very engaging or I'm being condescending here. I was just in the moment and, you know, just, just cruising through the date. It wasn't until mm. I got home that it hit me and I actually had a moment to sit on my couch and I can remember at this moment so clearly just having this slap in the face of, what have you just done to this poor guy? You know, here he was coming with an open heart to meet you and to, you know, potentially explore something with you. And you just Mm. basically went into power mode and started coaching him unsolicited, by the way, (laughs) he wasn't a coaching client. Mm. And it just, I, I kind of just realized that I was going into my comfort zone and to protect myself from any kind of vulnerability you know so I realized that that's what I had been doing throughout my 30s so whether that was going into professional mode and pretending I was at work like I did with him or just being aloof standoffish patronizing um hiding behind my feminism I think was something that I did You know, I now know that, you know, you you can be a feminist and be in a great relationship with a man. I know that now, but I don't think I believed or let myself believe that when I was younger. I think I kind of used it as a bit of an excuse saying to myself, I I don't want to be owned by a man. I don't want a man telling me what to do. Therefore, I'm not going to let him get close to me.
0: Mm i think what you touched on about the professional sometimes i i always joke that i should pretend that every date's a podcast episode because then i can be myself mm. i actually say i've said this to friends i'm like if only every date was a podcast <laughs> but really that's not my true self that's that's really it's a performance it's not it's yeah. not really getting it's not really getting into the crux of who you are. Now, I'd love to hear about how you, yeah, how you met your husband and, and, that, and after that kind of turning point. So we met online through eHarmony, actually. So big props to eHarmony. <laughs>
2: and I think the reason it works, look, I had tried other apps and, and I have to say this was pre- mobile dating mobile app dating this was nearly nearly a decade ago now so it was it was pretty much web-based dating so the options were kind of e-harmony bit of rsvp if you were interested in a relationship and then it was all the kind of pretty sus looking sites back then if you were just after hookups and i knew that i wanted a relationship by this point so this i was 39 by this point and just had really come to a bit of a, a realization that you know i all well, my friends were hooking up and getting married I, I wouldn't say my biological clock was ticking at that point. I still didn't see myself as a parent at all it w- It was more about wanting to be with somebody and mm-hmm. you know realizing that I was lonely and i I really did want to share my life with someone and and so I kind of found my way to e harmony and I think the reason it worked was because it does do all of that screening on values and personality stuff. And look, it's not a hundred percent, you know, none of these sites are, but what I found really helpful was that it screened guys based on the stuff that you were talking about before, like freedom as a value. Mm. So it meant that I wasn't actually getting any guys in my inbox who wanted to sit on their couch and spend the rest of their life staring at their navel. You know, they just weren't coming into my orbit. So it was it was a really helpful way of screening out the people who didn't meet my values. I mm. thought so it was really quick. I think he was the fourth, third or fourth person I dated through eHarmony.
0: And do you think there was a shift within? I guess I've spoken to a, quite a few women about this about the shift being with you first. Mm. Not that I guess. He just turned up at the right time. You were—it was the timing of where you were at. Yeah. Do you think that was a part to play in it? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, for sure.
2: You know, my age played a part in that. I think as I was starting to become aware that I was, you know, heading towards forty, and you know, we all have a bit of a, <laughs> a bit of a crisis when we we approach forty, and I certainly did, and was just starting to think more about the future and you know what really is important to me, and and I realised that. Having someone by my side on those
0: adventures would be really cool. Mm. Um, In what so, ways yeah. have you use that value of freedom as a family? Like for me, I think the scariest thing about having kids would be the loss of freedom. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> how have you? How have you guys kept that value really core? Cool? And I have to say that was one of my fears as well.
2: You know, why, why would I have a little person if that's going to take my freedom away? You know, mm. and it. it certainly hasn't. Throughout my pregnancy and you know, even into the, the newborn phase, we were out at cafes and we had her on our lap or strapped to his body and we'd go to the pub. We decided that we were going to have this baby fit into our lifestyle, not the other way around. And as a result, she's now, fast forward, she's now nearly six. She's the most adaptable, resilient little person you can imagine. So mm. when she was two and a half, well, firstly, before that, as part of that, that freedom-driven lifestyle, we got him out of his job. Mm. He had a nine-to-five job that he hated as a sales exec, hated it. <laughs> he um, started an online business and within three months had you know replaced his executive salary. So we thought, we're on to something here. This is great. And I had an online business as well and, and still do. And so we said, well, we're both now completely portable. Our, our little chick Maddie is completely portable because she was two and you know didn't need to be anywhere for school or anything. So we thought we literally could be anywhere we like. For me, with filming maths, I fly to Sydney to film that anyway, and I'm based in Melbourne. So I'm going to be essentially a fly-in, fly-out worker for this part of my career. Why not base ourselves somewhere more exciting? Mm. And so we did. We went to Bali for two and a half years, and it was incredible. Mm.
0: Yeah, I think I've been gearing up towards the same kind of life, where, particularly with COVID, which means that I've done my job for almost six months now and I, what's keeping me here? Like, mm. why not go chase the thing that I've always wanted to do? Yeah. What was, what was it like for two and a half years in Bali? It, it was incredible. And one
2: of the most amazing parts of it was that we were surrounded by other You know, there's this term, freedompreneurs. Have you heard that one? I haven't. So entrepreneurs who are seeking freedom, yeah. And digital nomads is another term, but you know, essentially people who share those values, Mm -hmm. who are very big picture thinkers, who who have a very expansive view of the world, who who see business as just a way to to further the lifestyle that you want to live, Mm. whether that's about having a cause that you're working towards or wanting to create some kind of legacy on the earth. You know, I I just found that we met the most incredible like-minded people and are still very close to them now even though we have left Bali and it's just such an amazing opportunity to be surrounded by people who have that similar mindset Mm,
0: I found that because I go to a place in Thailand that's I also love Changu in Bali but there's Mm. a place in Thailand I go every year every time I go I have this big shift I always have an amazing romance Ah, because I'm an I'm a new woman yes I wonder what is it about this place? It's the people and you've got all these spiritual seekers and expats and people that are looking for a life outside of sort of this conditioned life that I feel doesn't fit in with me. I'm trying to fit in with the life, but the life's not fitting. Mm. It's like putting a square, you know what I mean? Mm. So I really agree with that, that you probably meet like a whole different group of people that you never maybe that's where he is. (laughs) Well, let me
2: challenge you on something you just said, Hannah. You said, I'm like a new woman when I'm in Thailand, but maybe you're not. Maybe you're actually just being yourself.
0: That's what I think.
2: Maybe that's your your true self. Yep. And one of the silver linings of COVID and you touched on it is that it's through necessity, it's taught us all that The work that we do can be done remotely and, in fact, we can absolutely nail it remotely Mm. and it really has shown us that we don't have to be so location-dependent and once those borders
0: open up, oh, I think the opportunities for people like you are going to be
2: incredible.
0: (laughs) Trust uh-huh. me, I've already floated it with my workplace. I was like, right. I know we can't travel anytime soon, but mm-hmm. now I really wanted to talk to you about your favourite C words. Mm-hmm. I love that. You talk a lot about confidence and courage, mm. and i yeah. really like to know why these are your favourite C words. Well,
2: it's twofold. Firstly, I very naturally found that, you know, over the last sort of 20 years or so of of running workshops and speaking professionally and, and just holding the space with groups of people, I found that I would just very naturally gravitate to talking about confidence, no matter what the topic was. I found that the essence of my purpose for being there was to help people essentially let go of fear and step into their spotlight or to move into their confidence. And, you know, in order to build confidence, I find you have to show courage first because, you know, you need to build self-efficacy. You need to get that evidence so that you can prove to yourself that you can do it so that your self-worth and self-esteem starts to develop. So it was just a very natural progression of the work that I was doing and, and just, I guess the themes emerged. I was talking about courage, about confidence, about competence, and, and these were just reoccurring themes that just kept coming up. And then, <laughs> on a very different tangent, I had a rather unfortunate situation in my media work that related to a, a c word as well. So. If you happen to watch mm-hmm. Married at First Sight, you would know that uh, I had an encounter with a, a, a male who was referring to his, his female partner as the C word um, quite quite directly and quite aggressively and I pulled him up on that mm. in a very stern way and the backlash was incredible. Mm. So I went through the most amazing trolling, death threats, cyber-stalking, even in-person pers- in death threats as well. Just, mm. I, I was literally Australia's most hated woman for a little bit of time there. It actually spread out across a few months. There was a, a backlash that I was labelled as a toxic feminist, as, you know, just being really biased. And, of course, with these kinds of shows, a lot of it has to do with the edit and the way that the context was shown which we won't get into now because it's all, you know, very tedious. But essentially I I had this, you know, rather life-changing experience of, of, you know, the cyber bullying that really has enabled me to toughen up, to detach myself. You know, the last season of maths that played out, I didn't even read social media. I did not even read a comment. Mm. Gareth, my hubby, he took it upon himself to jump into all of the fan pages and to read all of the comments. And, you know, he just let me know if there was anything I needed to know about, which there really wasn't. And I just felt quite separate from and protected from that whole ugly side of the business. But I guess it was just another example of somehow the universe saying to me, the C word is something that is important to you. And there were some incredible lessons that you know I took from that process. Mm. And I found that I've come out the other side so much tougher and, and just a little bit more wise, I think.
0: Mm. Yeah. I don't get things on that scale at all, but it's so nice to hear you say that you didn't read mm. the comments because Cause sometimes I think that I try to protect myself from like reviews and from and from those sorts of things. Because that's my kind of I feel like it's my choice kind of, but then sometimes I wonder, am I not being resilient? Am I not, is there something wrong that I can't Mm. handle it? But the toxic nature of the internet is you've got to put that level of protection up. So that's really good to hear that you've done that. Cause I was like, have I done the right thing here? Am I not being resilient? it's,
2: It's so hard. And there's I think resilience is a word that can be overused or or incorrectly used in that sort of context where people say you need to be more resilient Mm. and what they're really saying is you know toughen up princess but that's not what resilience is you know resilience is that capacity to bounce back Mm. to experience the the trauma or the you know the heartache the difficult situation and then to learn from it and to return to a, a level of strength so that you can live to fight another day Mm. you just got to be a bit kind to yourself in that Mm.
0: so we did touch on this briefly but I just wanted to get back to a bit of dating chat yes something that I've personally experienced is that I feel really confident in my professional life Mm. but that doesn't always translate to my dating life I often find I can't just sort of relax I can't I just want to have fun, but I don't seem to be able to just Mm. to get that level of relaxation that I can have fun. Mm. Um, So my dates kind of never see that side of me. Have you got any advice? Yeah, sure. On the topic of confidence? Yeah, yeah.
2: And look, you're not alone, Hannah, in this at all. I have so many women who say this kind of thing to me, particularly professional women, who have a level of very natural and well-earned confidence in their professional life Mm. because, you know, they've been practicing it for years and years and years and have gotten to that level of competence. And that's one of the things about, you know, our levels of confidence is they they need to be based on experience. Mm. You know, you don't just wake up one morning and, and feel confident in your career. You know, you spend years and years of ups and downs and failures and lessons and, and wins, which, which build you up each time you have a little win. You know, you get a bit of evidence to tell yourself you can do it then you believe that you can do it and you move on and and take another risk and and so on. But with dating, people tell us that, oh gosh, if you go back to all the messages we're bombarded with as young women growing up from, from nursery rhymes to Hollywood, Mm. one day my prince will come and all of that garbage. We're led to believe that love should just fall out of the sky and hit us. And bang, we'll be in love and live happily ever after. But it's not like that at all. And I believe dating is something we can be strategic about. I believe it is something that we can take the intelligence and the smarts that we apply to our career and drag that across to our dating life and use some of those techniques in dating. Mm. I mean, with my dating coaching clients, I literally use spreadsheets. And that doesn't sound very sexy, I know. (laughs) But what I find is that if you can have the strategy ticked off and know that you are doing the right things in terms of your dating tactics, then you are able to relax. You are able to be yourself because all of the Left brain stuff, or the operational stuff, if you like, is being taken care of. Mm. So it's very much a project management approach to dating, my strategic approach. It's tried and tested. It does work. It worked for me. It's Mm. worked for loads of my clients. And it just means that, you know, like you were talking before about the freedom value. And, you know, on that first date, you want to blurt it out and yes. know, use that as a criteria. I want to travel the world. Will you come with me? Yes or no. You know. um, if if you use a a strategic approach to dating, then it's likely that you'll only be sitting in front of that guy for coffee. Mm. If he already has met that criteria, mm. whether that's through online screening and profiling, or whether it's through having a little text conversation or whatever, so, this approach means that you only invest time and makeup and hairspray into guys that are
0: going to be with it. Yeah. I really like that approach. (laughs) I've had some interesting tips on on the other interviews I've done. I've just like I keep getting little nuggets Uh and I'm like, oh, I'm going to try that out. Great. (laughs) And so lastly, I have to ask you about the other C word, compatibility, because I know a lot of your work Mm -hmm. on maths is around compatibility. Yeah, I think I know the answer to this, but would just love to hear your thoughts. You know, there's that line, do opposites attract? Not sure where it's come from. How, you know, how important is compatibility and what sort of Mm -hmm. things would you kind of look for Mm -hmm. and what things is it kind of okay that you're not aligned? Okay. Well, often I find
2: cliches crop up Mm -hmm. in life because they're true. (laughs) (laughs) And it's funny when it comes to compatibility because people say opposites attract and they also say like attracts like. So they're two cliches that are completely opposing each (laughs) other that people say about relationships. And so people ask me this question a lot, which one's correct? And I'm going to say both because I've definitely seen evidence of both working. So what does it come down to? Well, it really comes down to, in my experience, shared values, Mm. common lifestyle preferences, and the capacity to have that physical spark. Mm, chemistry. So the first, yeah, absolutely. It's so important. And it doesn't yeah. have to be at first sight, you know, the chemistry. It can be a slow burn. Absolutely. It can, it can build over time. But those first two criteria, so the shared values and the common lifestyle preferences, are things you can assess before you meet. So, you know, unless you're on married at first sight, if you're in the real world, you have that opportunity to do that background research on a person before you meet. And this is some of the joys of digital life is we have so much capacity to do some background on people before we invest our time in them. So, you know, if you've ticked off the boxes in terms of I can tell, for example, from this guy's profile that he also loves freedom because he's listing his travel adventures and there's photos of him climbing this and jumping out of that plane and, you know, so on. So, okay, tick. I I can see that he has that shared value. In terms of lifestyle, it's really clear from his profile and maybe some texts that we've had between each other that he's really active. He's not someone who just wants to stay inside. He wants to live life and he's adventurous And, okay, I've got a deal breaker, let's say, for example, that I want to have children. He's shown in his profile that he's dying to be a dad. Tick. Okay, great. Now I'm going to invest some time to to meet him and
0: see if there is any chemistry and test it out. Well, Mel, thank you so, so much for joining me today. I cannot wait to see you on the next season of Maths. Oh, such a pleasure. So because this is our first episode, I'm just going to explain a little bit what happens at the end of each episode. Based on like, you know, everything that me and the guests talk about, I am going to set myself a challenge for the week and you are welcome to play along and I'd love to hear how you went. So today's challenge, because Mel and I spoke so much about values, I was like, hmm, I don't even know what, like, I think I know what my values are, but like, do I?
1: That's exactly the question I was going (laughs) to ask you.
0: So the challenge this week is to, I've actually found some stuff online about, you know, how to work out your core values. So I think the challenge this week is to do that, which is you can just Google it, values. Can you copy the
1: answers from Google?
0: No, there's like a big list of like 500 values.
1: Pick the ones that appeal. So
0: Google values, core values on Google, if you're listening right now. Actually, you know what? I'll put a link to the exercise in the episode notes. And so that is the challenge for this week because if you don't know your values how do you know how to weed out well I've the just guys? seen
1: I've just seen one that came up which was always in the top of my list loyalty
0: yeah you say that all the time Linda there Loyalty. It is. you have said that there you, is nothing you...
1: <laughs> without loyalty
0: <laughs> I don't even want to laugh but you have said that so you that's obviously been really important to you well, what we'll do is we'll check in next week on how I went with the challenge. If you're following on with the challenge with me, please DM me and let me know how you went. You can find me at Hannah First, that's H-A-N-N-A-H-F-U-R-S-T on Instagram and tell me all about it. And we'll check in next week how the challenges went. Great. So that is, Mom, are you going to do the challenge too or you, do you only have one value loyalty? Well, I'm That's just it. looking
1: at the types of core values. I mean, if you could find someone with all of these things, you have scored. They're no, Mum,
0: because you you only can choose five. You have five Oh, core you only
1: choose five. Yes. Okay, yes. okay. Oh, I could easily pick five. That'll be my challenge. Okay, good. Well, actually, you know what? We'll see if our core values are the same. Yeah, okay.
0: Yeah. good idea. I love that. If you made it this far, I'm hoping that you enjoyed the podcast. If you could subscribe and leave a five-star rating and review, that would be much appreciated. It really helps other people find the podcast. Not that I'm desperate or anything. See you next week.